0: All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 tonight, 1 Corinthians 3, good looking crowd tonight, amen, thank you for coming, sorry that Brother McBride is not doing well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tonight, I planned on being the first preacher and getting out of the way, I know some of you are thinking, well that means the message is going to be short, nope. Now that I know that I'm the only preacher, you are in trouble tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As a matter of fact, when I was studying this, I thought, how in the world am I going to preach this in 30 minutes? Maybe more like an hour. Now that he ain't here, we're going to have a good time tonight. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3. It's been a blessing to be here thus far. And uh, we sure enjoy and love Parkview Baptist Church. A lot of good friends here, and we thank the Lord for you. I want you to think tonight on eternal things. Um, How can I say this? Many of us think about the now. We really don't think about eternity much. As a matter of fact, if we do think about eternity, we think, you know, street of gold, mansion, you know, sitting down by the river of life eating fruit. There's a whole lot more to it than that whole lot more to it. And God gives us some things in the Bible to look at to pay attention to. So if I can help you tonight with your eternity, I'm going to try my best to slow down and, and not say this too fast. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, as we'll begin reading, and uh, down there in verse number 11. And if you would look at that with me in 1 Corinthians 3, and it's just this. Look at verse number 11. The Bible says this. It says, For other foundation... Can no man lay, then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I told you the wrong thing, didn't I? No, we're good. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work, of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Let's pray. Father, we sure need you tonight. Lord, I pray for the help of God in preaching, the help of the Holy Ghost. And Father in heaven, Lord, I I don't really know how to get this point across without your help. Dear Father, Lord, many Christians today, many people that are saved today are not thinking about eternity. God, I believe that this generation that we have today, Lord, and the generations to come, Lord, if there's not some things changed, Lord, there's going to be a lot of people of this time with nothing in heaven. God, I pray that not be the case for these people and, Lord, for us. God, you'd help us, Lord Jesus, to keep our heart and mind on the things of God. Speak to our hearts now, Lord. We we ask for your help. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen to what he says here in the Bible. He He said, now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort of it is. If any man's work abide, listen, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. I'm preaching to Christians tonight, and I want to preach on this subject, building eternal rewards. I got to thinking about this and interested in this. It took me a long time to kind of put this together, but uh, because there's not a whole lot said about it. But I thought if I was going to build something on a foundation that had already been built for me and I had access to the greatest materials that were known to man, I'd be a fool if I didn't use those materials and instead I used materials that would rot or burn up. So I ask you the question tonight, dear friend, what kind of materials are you building on your foundation? Now you can ignore me if you want to. But I'm trying to help you tonight with eternity. What's your eternity going to look like? It will be something. There's more to it, friend. Please stay with me. There's more to it than just getting saved and going to heaven. If I can give you a little glimpse of what eternity is going to be like tonight. Isaiah 28, verse 16, the Bible said this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. We know who that is. A triad stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The Bible said in 1 Peter 2, 6, Wherefore also it contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. That's talking about Jesus, of course. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 19 and 20, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the Bible says, being the chief cornerstone. So if I can put that together for you, that foundation that we're talking about tonight was laid, it was preached, it was taught by the prophets and the apostles, and that foundation and cornerstone is none other than the apostles and the Lord Jesus Christ. So can I say it to you this way? That foundation has been, been laid for you and I at no charge. God said, I'm the cornerstone. Jesus said, I'm the cornerstone. I'm going to build a foundation, and the ones that are going to help me build that foundation is the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and, and them men, and they helped the Lord Jesus Christ build that foundation, and then Jesus, friend, he came and he died on the cross for you and I, rose from the dead, went to heaven, and then he said this, you build on it. It's our job to do the building on it. First Corinthians three ten and 11 said, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. He said this, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So pay attention to these words. The Bible said, another buildeth thereon. That another is you and I. Stay with me now. He said, take heed how he buildeth thereupon. In other words, here's what God's saying to you, church, tonight. God's saying, pay attention to how you're building on your foundation. How you building, how's it looking? Ever since you've been saved and God saved your soul, how is that foundation looking there, if I can say it? In heaven, he laid the foundation, we are the building. The Bible said, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now, what are you building on your eternal foundation? Here's what the Bible said. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. What are you building on yours? Your reward comes from what you build on your foundation. There'll be no rewards for ashes. First Corinthians 3:15 said, "If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss." This is talking about eternity, you understand? It's talking about when you stand before God. I ain't talking about lost people. I'm not talking about people that are lost on their way to a devil's hell. We're talking about you and I, friend. There's coming a day when you and I, individually, by ourselves, will stand before the God of heaven and be judged for our works. There's more to it than just walking up down the street to go and eat fruit, ain't there? Listen, friend, uh, that means this. It said, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. That means this. That means you will have nothing after the fire but your soul. If you have built wood, hay, and stubble, there'll be nothing but shame and ashes. Let me put the picture for you if I can. I don't know exactly how it's gonna be. I've tried to picture it myself, but here I believe it is that God maybe calls somebody up. I don't know know who it is but God calls somebody up it's their turn to be judged for their works and they either got gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hay or stubble or both or maybe they got wood, hay and stubble the Bible undoubtedly talks about some of those that will just have wood, hay and stubble. I picture the individual coming up before God. They're saved they got a place in heaven. They got a mansion because God promised them that and, and their soul is saved. That's, that's all they have and so here they come they come up here before God. I don't know how it works. Let's just say the angels Bring out all their reward, all, all, all the things that they built on their foundation, and instead of gold, silver, precious stones, all they got is wood, hay, and stubble. And the Bible said over there, friend, in the Word of God, listen to the writing of the Bible. It said over there, any man's work shall be burned. He shall suffer loss, uh, 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 but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So I picture them standing there, and all of a sudden, all this wood, hay, and stubble's brought out. What's all this? Uh, well, everything you did, you did in the flesh. Everything you did, you did it for your glory and for your recognition. You didn't do anything for the God of heaven. You did it because you wanted everybody else to look at you, and you didn't serve the Lord like you should. So all they have is just wood, hay, and stubble. And somehow, God ignites the fire, and everything burns except their soul. Yet so as by fire, except their soul. Nothing left but ashes, friend. And that's all that that individual will be getting. That means, friend, that you will have nothing. These things that I speak of to you tonight are eternal. And I ask you a question. What does your eternity look like? Gold, silver, and precious stones, or a bunch of ashes in shame. The Bible said down there, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward, he said, according to his own labor. That's personal. My God's not like the government, amen, take from the rich and give it to somebody else. Now he will take from the slothful and give it to somebody else. The Bible talks about that. Look, and I say to you, dear friend, verse 13 said, every man's work shall be made manifest. Look at your Bible. 1 Kings chapter number 3, every man's work, the Bible said, shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. So in other words, so Frank, and I say to you what that means is this. That means it will be laid open for you and all others to view. Our works will be tried by fire, put to the test. To see of what sort it is. And what's left over is what we will be rewarded for. So can I say it to you this way? Everybody will see. Everybody will know. There will be no hypocrisy on that day. You can fool me. You can fool the preacher. You can fool maybe somebody else in the church or somebody at work. But can I say to you, you can't fool God. The one that was honest in his work, the one that was faithful in his work, the one that was especially given the gospel to others, the one that whose opinions were biblical opinions that honored God, the one that abstained from carnality and worldly lusts and worldly styles, including dress styles and the lifestyles of the world, the one whose works were tried in the fire and came forth as gold, silver, and precious stones, that person shall be honored throughout eternity. The Bible said, Matthew thirteen forty three. then shall the righteous, he said, shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Listen to the word of God, church. Many today they wonder, is it really worth it, preacher? they wonder is God really keeping record of what's going on and they look at the world and even some of these so called Christians and they see their liberty that they enjoy in their carnal lifestyles and some wonder should I continue to be different should I continue to fight against the carnal lifestyles and sins of this world while well, it seems like everybody else is enjoying their liberty it seems like everybody else is doing everything that the world is doing it seems like well, that person calls himself a Christian and they do this and she's a Sunday school teacher and she does this and he He's a deacon and he does this. Is it really worth it? Should I really continue to be separated, living a holy life, doing the best that I can for the God of heaven and trying to be different? Can I say to you tonight, friend, yes, yes, yes. It will be worth it. Then there are others whose works shall be burnt, whose corrupt opinions and doctrines or vain works and inventions shall be discovered, disowned, and rejected in that day the one that was not faithful, the one that was consumed by this world's carnality, the one that gave themselves to the carnal styles and lifestyles of the world, the one whose ministries were a self-glorifying ministry and carnal fleshly ministry, the one that gave not the gospel to others, the one that lived for themselves, the one whose works were tried by fire and came forth as wood, hay, and stubble. They will be manifested, and they will be humiliated and disapproved of God and Rejected of any honor or reward. Have your fun now if you want to. But I promise you there's coming a day that you will stand before the God of heaven and the whole entire universe that's saved. You will be humiliated if you've done nothing for Christ. what shall you appear to be before Christ and all others in heaven and eternity? Those that did not give their life to the Lord, their works have been tried and what they built on their foundation has been burned up and turned to ashes. His weakness, carnality and corruption will be the lessening of his glory for he or she will not shine as the brightness of the firmament but instead will go throughout, are you listening? Will go throughout all eternity with few or no rewards as a dimly, saint some believe a preacher that's only during the millennium the problem is it don't match up with the bible the bible said in daniel 12 3 it says this and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars listen forever and ever that put it in eternity the more rewards we have the brighter we shine for christ Some will shine more than others of greater magnitude because of how they live their life for Christ here on this earth. Shine means this. It means to emit rays of light, to give light, to beam with steady radiance, to exhibit lightness or splendor. If a man's face shines here on earth because of being wise, according to Ecclesiastes 8 verse 1, how much more shall that individual shine in glory throughout eternity forever and ever for being righteous and living for the God of heaven? Today, may I say to you there are many that look good in the eyes of men here on the earth for just a little short time that they are here. But how do you look or will you look throughout eternity to God and others? Bright or dim? Many rewards or no rewards? Oh, you think everybody's going to be on the same level? That ain't going to happen. What are you building on your foundation? What rewards do you have thus far? Building Eternal rewards. There is receiving rewards, and there is the loss of rewards. First Corinthians three eight. The Bible said, "Now he that planteth he that watereth, are one. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. It involves work." Revelation twenty two twelve. The Bible said, "Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work." shall be. The Bible said over there in 1 Corinthians three fourteen. it said, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. The Word of God has uh, things to say about rewards, and rewards come in many different ways. Some are gold, some are silver, some are precious stones, and and the Bible even talks about crowns. But let me give you a verse that many of us would not think was very good. But the Bible said in Luke 6, and 23, here's what it said. Blessed are ye. Listen to what it says. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you now most of us don't feel very blessed when people hate us matter of fact most of us don't want to be hated so therefore we don't want to be different that's why the church looks and acts like the world blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast your name, cast out your name as evil, here's why for the son of man's sake. Here's what God said. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy for behold your reward is great in heaven did you hear that he said your reward is great in heaven if God says it's great it is great amen he said for in the like manner did their fathers under the prophets So in other words here's what that means when you stand for righteousness and you stand for Jesus and you stand against carnality and you stand against sin when you are reproached meaning this to treat with scorn or contempt to charge with a fault in severe language to shame or disgrace when they separate you from their company in other words church listen when they don't want to be around you and they tear you down on social media and they talk bad about you uh, and they can't stand to be around you because you are a Christian, not because you act like an idiot, but because you are a Christian. Amen. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, in other words, let me put it in regular, plain English, dance, skip, shout, rejoice, shake a leg, run a lap, jump up and down for great is your reward. That's what the Bible said. Now, let me say to you, if I was living my life for today and all the recognition of today, I would live my life just as carnal as I could be. Because this world and all of its enjoyment to the flesh will be the only reward that I would receive. But if I was living my life for eternity and what I could gain for eternity and have it with me throughout eternity then I'd be interested in how I could receive those rewards. Now, if any man build, if, that doesn't mean they're doing it. If any man build, he said, upon this foundation, uh, gold, silver, precious stones, uh, so in order to receive, we have to build. And I believe there are ways that you can receive rewards. Uh, Now, I want to say something to you, friend, uh, that in order to receive a reward, it's not easy. That's why God gives rewards for it preached about this first one a little bit last night and I believe there's ways you can receive rewards number one can I say to you I believe that one way that you can receive rewards is through soul winning and I know there's a lot of people don't like to hear about soul winning but the Bible said the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is what wise you know why they're wise because they're building on that foundation now say to you, friend, everybody likes a reward. When a criminal is on the loose, there's a reward offered to bring him to justice. There's also a reward given to bringing a sinner to mercy. But there is a premium reward and a greater reward for bringing a sinner to mercy than there is a criminal to justice. We can't all hunt criminals, but we can all rescue the perishing. And there's a lot more sinners that need to be rescued than there are criminals that need to be caught. And may I say to you church tonight That it is a divine attempt to try and win a soul For David attempted to build the temple And was commended and rewarded for it But it is slothful To not even try the pursuit of succeeding, the pursuit for treasures, the pursuit for one's highest goal in life is not greater than nor can be compared to winning souls for Christ. In other words, what we enjoy doing, are you listening to me, young couples? Are you listening to me, mom and daddy? Are you hearing me, teenagers? What we enjoy doing is not more important than souls. First Thessalonians 2, 19, the Bible said, for what is our hope or joy or crown? Of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, his coming. So, the reward that a soul winner receives is joy and a crown and rejoicing. A crown of rejoicing. Now, why are they a crown of rejoicing? Because you won them to Christ. Little rejoicing is because of little soul winning. The Bible said, Philippians 4.1, it said, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and a crown. Now, he said, So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, friend, can I say to you, that was, that's what we call the soul winner's crown. I feel, like, I, feel like a, I feel like we just laid out a lead balloon. You know why? Because 90% of the people in church today never soul win. I preached about this last night. I wonder, I wonder how many people even even have tracks to give out. We don't even try. How are we going to receive a reward? How are we going to get a crown? Amen. How are you going to get the soul winner's crown if we don't even try? Friend, there is joy in a crown. Did you hear me? Joy and a crown. That's why there's not much joy here tonight, undoubtedly, because there ain't a whole lot of soul winning going on. There's joy in a crown and a reward for the soul winner that is faithful to do what our Lord has commanded us to do. The Bible says in Psalm 126, verse 6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again. He said, With rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now I ask you a question. How can any saint of God bear to leave this world without any sheaves of rejoicing? Is there not something on the inside of us as a Christian called the Holy Ghost that speaks to our heart and says... Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Tell her. Tell him. Pass out a track. Give it to him. Give it to her. Tell him. Is there not something that speaks to your heart? The soul winner, without a doubt will come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And I ask you, is there rejoicing? Is there a crown? Is there a reward of gold, silver, and precious stones built on your foundation? Now, you may be sitting there tonight. And you'd be thinking, you know what, preaching? I really ain't worried about it. And I can understand that thought. Reason being is because you're living for the now. Let's just say you live 80 years. Let's just give you a hundred, because I think there's some in here probably more than that, more than 90. That is, let's just give you a hundred. What is a hundred years to eternity? You mean tell me that people are willing to say, no, I don't want to do that because I ain't worried about them rewards for that. I just, that's not me. But when you get to eternity and you have nothing, you're going to look back at this little 80, 90, 100 years and you're going to go, I wish I'd have done more. The Bible said, Go you therefore, teach all nations, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's a command. The Bible said, He said unto them, Go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He said, and You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Now what are we doing to build on that foundation? Is there a crown for you from being the soul winner, or is there in its place wood, hay, stubble? I believe we receive rewards from soul. Winning. And let me give you another one. I believe we receive rewards from suffering. The Bible said, blessed, Matthew 5, 11, and 12. Blessed, listen what it says. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. Now, we don't think we're blessed, but that's what the Bible says. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. He said, rejoice. Be exceeding glad. (laughs) Most of us don't do that. But he said, rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward. In heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. God said, friend, if they persecute you, in other words, if you suffer, if you go through hardship uh, because people are destroying you, he said, rejoice in it, friend, for great is your reward. Acts chapter number 5, verse 41, and they departed from the presence of the council. Rejoicing. That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. The people of today do not want to be shamed. People in the church today don't want anything to do with suffering. They don't want to be shamed because of anybody. And many people today are worried about what somebody else thinks about them. 1 Peter 4.16 Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. He said, let him glorify God on this behalf. Are you listening? 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our light affliction is but for a moment. working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Here's what that means. That means the afflictions will seem as nothing because of the rewards that will be with us throughout eternity. 2 Timothy 2.12 Listen to the Bible. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, He also will deny us. Let me ask you a question. What's He going to deny you? He ain't going to deny you heaven. The context of the verse is talking about reigning. God said if we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. I believe with all my heart, those without rewards will be the ones that will be denied to get to reign with Christ. And if we deny him, then we have escaped suffering for him. This verse is speaking to Christians. It ain't speaking to the lost. Now listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. Those that suffered with David in his humiliation when he was running from Saul are the same ones that was exalted and reigned with him just as it will be for those that suffered for our Lord here on this earth. Suffering. Are you listening to me, young people? Suffering is for his sake. Suffering is for his honor suffering is for his is for the testimony of a good conscience and one day you will be glorified with him and I say what a glory and what an honor it is to suffer for our Lord he knows how much we can take he knows what's, be, what's best for us he gets all the glory as we suffer for him and if we suffer for him uh, we shall receive a reward so the question would be this if he gets the glory and we receive the reward. Why would we run from suffering? Why would we live our life as if there is no Christianity? Are you hearing me? Why would we, why would we not live that holy separated life for him? Why would we not serve him? Why would we go through life as if putting him first is not important? How much gold do you have in heaven? How much silver do you have in heaven? How many precious jewels do you have? and How many crowns are waiting for you? Or is it wood, hay, and stubble? I believe we receive rewards from soul winning. I believe we receive rewards from suffering. Let me give you another one. I believe we receive rewards from self-denial. There's two places in Scripture. Are you hearing me? There's two places in scripture where the Lord speaks of a crown of life. I believe the crown of life is the greatest crown that you can get. Y'all stay with me. Death is one way and enduring temptation is the other. The Bible said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into the prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Here's what he said. Be thou faithful, are you listening? Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. But then the Bible said in James 1:12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, He shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now, may I say to you tonight, dear friend, God puts enduring temptation on the same level as a martyr. Some of y'all ain't with me. God puts enduring temptation on the same level, friend, as being faithful unto death. To endure temptation means to not fall or give in to its allurements. It means to not fall at the heaviness of it, to not faint because of it, to patiently and constantly bear it and endure it every single day of your life. To be tempted is not to sin, but when we give in to that temptation, it then becomes sin. You may be tempted to quit, but don't give in to the temptation. You may be tempted to dress wrong, but don't give in to the temptation. You may be tempted to look in lust, but don't give in to the temptation. You may be tempted to quit fighting for what's right, but don't give in to the temptation. You may be tempted to be immoral, but don't give in to the temptation. You may be tempted to stop reading your Bible or not pray or not be a soul winner, but don't give in to the temptation. You may be tempted to loosen up and allow carnal things into your family and into your life, but can I say to you, mom and daddy, don't give in to that temptation. Our lives are filled every day with temptation. But we must deny ourselves, which is our flesh. I like what Dr. Green said. He said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. That's good advice. In other words, temptation's there, but you ain't got to hang around it, amen? Temptation will come. The Bible said, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Our temptation comes from our flesh and the devil. James 1.14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now let me say to you, friend, this is where the majority of Christians struggle the most. Are you listening? Right here. Self-denial. Most people that say they're saved on their way to heaven, they struggle the most with their flesh and they, they can't stand to deny their flesh of anything because they get tired of saying no to their flesh. They get tired of the everyday fight. They do not like to be different than others. They do not like the idea of not fitting in and being involved in what everybody else gets to do. Are y'all listening? This is why we got... Every time a new style comes out, you watch. Watch our churches. Every time a new style comes out, whether it be clothing or hair or phrasers or jesters, it seems like safe people get involved just like the world does. That right there just smoked some of y'all. You can't stand that. Every time something new comes out that Hollywood comes out with, you want it in your life. Why is that? This is also why so many of God's people have gotten involved so deeply in social media. Uh Uh-oh, I I mentioned the sacred cow of the Baptist churches, didn't I? That's almost like saying something about TV. So many of God's people have gotten involved so deeply in social media because they feel shunned or they feel ignorant because they don't know and do what everybody else gets to do and they want to fit in. Let me remind you of something, please. When you give in to one temptation, then many more temptations will come, because what you allow in your life and the temptations then will only get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. Can I give you an example? Uh, it's just an example. You, you won't get mad at me. It's just an example. An example. If I have, are you ready? If I have a TV, I have opened myself up to temptation. Now, I know that you're not supposed to preach on that today because it ain't politically correct. But if I open myself, if I have one, you'd have to agree, I've opened myself up to temptation. Now, let's go a little deeper. If I have cable or satellite hooked up to that television, I've opened myself up to even more temptations. Would you agree? Brother Parchman used to say, shake a bush. Some of you don't have one, but shake it anyway. Amen, Brother Tim? If I have internet hooked up to that TV, I have opened myself up to even greater Temptations There are many temptations Like phones, internet, social media Listen, but the more that I am Involved in The more temptations and the greater Temptations Which means I'm more likely to fall To that temptation Well Jason, how come You don't have this or have this or have this It ain't that I'm better than anybody It's just I hate temptation I don't want to mess up. That's why the church today is so carnal. Are y'all listening? This is why the church is so carnal and God does not move much in our services and our meetings anymore, hardly ever, because so many have given in to so much temptation. Most people in the church see more nakedness and wickedness On their phones and on the internet and on TV and they should ever see in a lifetime. You're involved with so much ungodliness and backlashing and filthy things and knowing everybody's business. On your social media, it's grieving the Holy Ghost of God. I mean, people are involved in every social count they can be involved in. They want to do this and they want to do that and they want to have this. And man, do you know this? This is the latest gadget and we got to have this. And, And now they're trying to even bring it in the church and we wonder why it's dead we wonder why am I am I losing you we wonder why it's carnal we wonder why we wonder why it seems like no there's nothing wrong with me preacher I'm not doing anything real bad I know we're not we have just got so much in our life we've become so carnal the Holy Ghost of God can't even hardly work in our services Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. The main reason that we would endure temptation is because of the love that we have for him. For if we do not love him as we should, that means we care nothing about the promises. And that is, we shall receive a crown of life. The more I endure temptation, the greater reward. That does not mean bring the temptation into your life and try to endure it. It means abstain from it and keep it out of your life so that you don't have to have it. The Bible said in James 1, 2, it said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Why? Because the rewards we receive. He said in 2 Timothy 4, 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now here's the question I got. What is greater? Number one, either to give in to the temptation and enjoy the comfort and the fun that it may give you during a lifetime, or say no to the temptation and receive a reward from Christ and shine as the brightness forever and ever. I want to ask you a question. I'm not trying to be rude, not trying to be mean. But it's all the gadgets and all the social media and all the sites and all the apps and All the shows and all the movies and all the fun that the church has in their life today. Are you listening? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth losing your reward for eternity? Is it really worth it? Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter number 19. Quickly, Luke chapter number 19. Let's go there. I want to read you some scripture. Scripture. I'm very interested in receiving rewards. I want to know how to receive rewards. I believe you receive them from soul and from self from suffering and from self denial. And those are three ways that we do not like. We don't like none of them, but that's why you receive a reward for it. But there is the losing of rewards. Are you listening? The Bible said in Luke chapter 19, verse number 12, here's what it said. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive himself a kingdom in return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him, sent a messenger after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thou pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful, in very little have thou authority over ten cities." And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. That's those that are going to get to reign with Christ. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. And for I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, repeat, that thou didst not so. Saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury. And he said unto them that stood by, watch what it says, take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you, watch what it says, verse 26, that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. The Bible said in Mark chapter 4, verse 25, for he that hath, are you listening? I'm about done. For he that hath to him shall be given, he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. In other words, he had it. Revelation 3.11, behold, I come quickly. Are you hearing me? He said, hold that fast, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. According to the word of God, there are people that will lose their reward and they will be given to the one that received rewards. Meaning if you lose your reward, somebody's going to be getting them, and it might be somebody you know. The Bible says in Second John 1 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. A full reward. That means in your Christian life, you serve the Lord and you continue to serve the Lord. Make sure that you don't ever quit on him, that you may be able to receive a full reward. Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. That means this: a great repayment of reward if one does not cast away their confidence in Christ and the work of Christ. One does, that does not lose their holy boldness for Christ. But it is sad to say that many have fallen away from God because they lack the patience or the fight that is necessary to continue in His labor. He goes on to say in Hebrews ten thirty six: For ye have need of patience. Listen to what he said. That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. That promise is talking about the great reward. Now there are many that start out doing the will of God. And then certain things take place in their life, whether it be trials, temptations, difficulties, hardships. Fleshly lust or getting involved in carnality and sin. And then for one reason or the other, they quit doing the will of God. And they allow carnality and sin into their life. And they lose their great recompense of reward. I've been preaching for 26 years. I've been on the road for 20 years. I've tried my best to raise my family the way God wants me to raise it. You may not agree with the way I'm doing it, but I'm trying to please the Lord. I try my best to keep sin out of my home and out of my life. I try to say no to the temptations. Oh, I'm sure I've failed plenty of times. I try to do what's right, try to be a soul winner and tell the little people about the Lord. I try my best to keep all the filth out of my life, out of my home, and I want it around it. And, 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 and I've tried my best to do what's right, preach, be faithful to the Lord, serve the Lord. And, and hopefully there's, there's rewards there, and I think there is. But I could mess up tonight. Now, let me ask you a question. Brother Green, why in the world would I want to preach for 26 years, serve the Lord, do the best that I can, and when I get a little bit older, quit on God and begin to lose everything that I built on that foundation? There's young people today. There's there's young couples today. There's people that are 20s and their 30s and their low 20 and they're 20 years old. They got saved when they was young. Their mom and daddy kept them in church. So they served the Lord in their teens and they tried to do what's right. They 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 married a good girl. Or they married a, a a good guy or whatever it is. And the next thing you know, they got in their 20s and their upper 20s and now they're 25, 26. The next thing you know, they get their eyes off of God and they get away from God and all the rewards. It's a shame. All the rewards that that individual begin to build as a young Christian, as a young teenager. Now they're in their Is when they're not serving the Lord. Now they are losing those rewards. It'd be a shame for an individual to get saved around teenage life or maybe in their 20s and serve the Lord, get married and have kids and start raising their children for the Lord. And the next thing you know, their children become a teenager and their teenagers start putting the pressure on them and their teenagers want to, they want to dress like the world, look like the world, live like the world. They want to have the music of the world. They want to be involved in all the other things that the other teenagers get to do. And so mom and daddy, being the weak, cowardly Christian that they are, they don't stand up like a man and stand up for what's right and teach their children what's right. Instead, they give in and they begin to let carnal things in their life. They allow their wife or themselves to begin to dress and live different. They allow their children to look different. They allow the music to change a little bit. And they serve God for all these years, 15, 20 years. Now all of a sudden they don't have the guts to stand up for what's right. What was wrong 10 years ago was not wrong today. And now all of a sudden they're beginning to fall back on that. And they're getting away from God and their family's getting farther away from God. And they're allowing things in their life that they shouldn't allow in their life. They was gaining rewards and now they're losing rewards. Wouldn't it be a shame for an individual to be a teenager and get saved uh, and then marry some young lady or some young man and serve the Lord and raise their kids uh, and their kids become older and their kids marry off and man, they marry right and they get the right kind of family and man, their daughter marries right and their son marries right and all the kids are gone uh, and man, all of a sudden everybody's gone. Now the kids are gone. Now you know what we can do? We can have fun. We can do things that we wouldn't have done whenever the children were home and so now you allow that TV in your home and you start watching things that you never watch when the kids were around, uh, and it' amazing the cussing's okay now, and the nakedness is okay now. And you'll skip church every now and then to go off and play for a little bit, and go on this vacation and that vacation, and never go to the house of God. And the next thing you know, you miss a Sunday night. Who cares? We don't have the kids at home. You miss a Wednesday night. It's a shame to be able to serve the Lord for thirty long years uh, doing what's right. All of a sudden, when the kids goes on, you start dropping things and letting things go, uh, and you let things go. Next thing you know, you start getting carnal, and you start getting backslidden, uh, and. You you finish your life out at the age of 70 or 80 years old backsliding away from God. Losing all the rewards that you gained all those years. You say, I don't believe it. You'll find out. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 23 and 25 and whatsoever you do Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there's no respect of persons. Hear me, church. We will stand before God one day. And we will be judged according to the way we live our life. If you want to live carnal, you can. You don't have to tell anybody about Jesus. Ladies, you don't have to dress like a lady. You can put on the mini skirts. You can put on the tight clothes and show everything up top. You can put on the tight breeches. You live how you want to live. You don't have to dress holy. You don't have to. Fellas, you don't have to be a man, dress like a man, and and live like one and be holy and clean and separated. You don't have to do that. You can listen to whatever music you want to listen to. You can. You can watch what you want to watch. You can. But you'll pay for it. As a matter of fact, you're getting your reward now. You don't want to be different. You don't want people to look at you and think you're different, do you? You don't want to suffer for Christ, do you? If I was you, I'd put my heart on eternity and I'd get it off today. Listen to what Daniel says. I'm done. Grace come to the piano, baby. Daniel 12.3, it says this. Are you listening? Listen, listen. They that be wise... Shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. They that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You know what that means? That means there's coming a day that, Brother Green, when I get to heaven, I'm either going to be a dimly lit saint or I'm going to shine bright for Christ. All depends on what you've done for Jesus here. All depends on what kind of rewards you have. You will not shine if you've got a pile of wood, hay, and stubble. Picture it if you would. Me and Brother Brown are sitting in heaven rejoicing, having a great time. It's been about 10,000 years. And we look down through the street of gold and we say, Man, what is that bright light coming this way? I'll tell you one thing whoever it is they sure did serve the Lord when they was on earth man look how bright they shine as they get closer we say well look at there. that's brother Jimmy Green hey brother Jimmy good to see you how you doing oh man heaven's great ain't it let me ask you a question will we recognize you how bright are you going to shine for Christ you don't think that's going to happen it will happen what kind of rewards are you laying up mom and daddy hey older saying to God have you quit on God you raised your kids let them do it I ain't worried about it really let it say something about them older generation is supposed to teach us teach the late older women supposed to teach the younger hey teenager you having your fun now you say you're saved, you might be. You say I got plenty of time, preacher. Really? This generation, generation behind us, and the generation coming up, if something don't happen, they're gonna be the dimmest Christians in heaven. Because there's so many of them that do us very little for the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you building on your foundation? Mom and daddy, all that stuff in your home and all that fun you're having and all the things in your life that are carnal, is it really worth losing out for eternity? Well, Jason, why why do you do that? Why do you live the way you live? Why do you do this? Because I'm trying my best to have my mind on eternity. It does not matter what I have here. It does not matter what people think about me here. It does not matter what they say What matters is, what does Jesus think? And am I building on my eternal foundation? Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, we sure love you. Lord, I pray you take the message. Use it for your honor and glory. Speak to the hearts of your people. God, I wish that God's people would get on fire for the Lord. Father, I wish revival would come to the hearts of God's people. Lord I wish that God there'd be a heart of people that says I'm getting this out of my life getting these sins out of my home I'm throwing this carnality out I'm going to live a separated holy life for the Lord Jesus Christ I'm going to be a soul winner I'm going to be gladly suffering for Christ I'm going to die to myself Father would you please help people to come Holy Ghost do the work that only you can do I pray Father help God's people to build eternal rewards we sure do love you Lord we sure do praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Is there anyone here tonight that you'd lift your hand up? I wouldn't dare embarrass you. You lift your hand and say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. I'm not even saved. No way I'll get rewards in heaven because I ain't going there. And If I died, I don't know for sure I'd go. Is there anyone like that tonight? You'd slip your hand up. Preacher, pray for me. If I died, I don't know for sure I'm saved. Anyone like that tonight? All right, Christian, let me ask you a question. Or I should say, save people. Are you mad at the preacher for giving you the truth? Would you not humble yourself and come to an old fashioned altar? God help me. Are we so dry and so cold that we can't move? Would you come? God help us. There was a day when you'd preach a message like that where the teenagers, young couples, and families would fall on their face before God. God help us. I wouldn't say no to the Holy Ghost if I was you. It grieves him. Would you come? Would you let God work in your life? Would you come?